Welcome to the Laugh Life Podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on living alcohol-free in a booze-soaked world. My name is Kelly Evans, and together with my friends, Tracy Georgievic, Mike Sutton, and Lindsay Herrick, we share uncensored, unscripted, real conversations about what our lives have been like since we ditched alcohol and how we got here. By sharing our individual stories, we'll show you that there isn't just one way to do this. No matter where you are on your journey, from sober curious to years in recovery and everyone in between, you are welcome here. No judgment and a ton of support. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Laugh Life podcast. We are back from our season break, and we are ready to begin the second half of our season. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hello. Hi, I feel like I haven't heard that intro in a really long time and it's good to be back. <laughs> I know, right? It's so nice to see all your faces. So how were your holidays? It was a long, long break. Wow. Feels like we haven't yeah. been together for a really long time. This felt almost longer than the summer one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, anything interesting happen over the holidays for you guys? Uh, I don't think I had anything interesting as far as alcohol related. This was my fourth single Christmas. <laughs> it was definitely a more peaceful feeling, happy feeling, had a really good, really good holidays, really relaxing. And yeah, I would say the three before that I felt pretty sad to be single, but you know, I can relate to that. Good. Yeah. I, I feel kind of like that too, because yeah, this is another single Christmas for me. And we all stayed booze free, right? Did we all stay booze free? Yes, yeah. that's the thing. Yes. That's the main thing. Okay. I was not sad and I did not drink. Yes. Yeah. Me too, Cal. Me too. I was not sad and I did not drink. I just loved waking up on Christmas Day without a hangover. I loved waking up on New Year's Day the same way. And I love how dry January and now dry February is really being promoted. Like I'm seeing Mm -hmm. a lot of ads for for that stuff. That's great. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of that too. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited the other day. He sent me an an alcohol-free bar that's opening in Brandon, Manitoba. So that was pretty exciting to pop up. Yeah. So those things are popping up and yeah. How far is Brandon from you guys, Kel? Two hours. Two hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you could drive there because you don't drink. (laughs) True. (laughs) It is not a very exciting drive through the prairies, but you know, (laughs) you could make like a girl's weekend out of it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped in Brandon, Manitoba. That's where I stayed overnight when I drove out to Calgary. Mm. That was our yeah, first Yeah, that makes stop. sense. Yeah. 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 Cool. So what about you, Mike? Anything exciting happened to you? You were just talking about how you went to a 50th birthday party. So they must have been some heavy drinking there. Yeah, I went to 50th, got bought a shot and had to... <gasps> Throw it over your shoulder? Decline it? Oh, no. no way. Birthday, Pass it on down the boy. line? Well, the birthday boy ended up drinking three. How uh, was that? Like, how did you feel when that happened? Oh, it was fine. I mean, it's, yeah. I think people just are used to it now. I don't mm-hmm. have to explain myself, but, and I don't think anybody should have to explain themselves. I went to Myrtle Beach. I went golfing, which was interesting that the last round we played, we played with these two guys, older guys. And the guy said, oh, you guys are from Canada. Do you drink Labatt Blue? And I just kind of looked at him. I said, oh, I don't drink. And he's like, oh. And it was kind of like the, what do you mean you don't drink? Like it was that, I was like, yeah, I just don't drink. And he's like, oh, cool. And then he just kind of turned it off. But it didn't really change the round. Because sometimes when you golf, most of the times guys are drinking right. or having a beer or whatnot. How uh, did you find <laughs> the whole trip, Mike? Because I think you were a little concerned about that. So, sorry, you... can you say that again? How did you find the whole trip? Because I think uh, there was some discussion before about you being concerned or talking about staying on your own. No, that was more or less the company that I went with. Actually, he's my good buddy. And I started to reflect like a lot of the trips I've gone on in the past, say, 12, 15 years when I've gone away with him, it's always been a drink, drink, drink. And um, this is the first trip that I ever gone away with him where I wasn't drinking. And I was like, holy shit, I don't know if I can handle you for this long. We had our own kind of 
areas where we kept apart and he didn't really drink too much and he didn't do it because I was there. He just chose not to do it. It was, wasn't difficult, but it was also a definite learning experience. That's for sure. And I guess planning better on mm-hmm. you on those things besides golf. So right. well, that's good. Oh, it, was well, fun. it was fun to get away. It was fun to get away. All in all, it turned out then that's good. For the most part. The yeah, most part. my family had an alcohol-free Christmas, so that was wow. awesome. Wow, oh my God, that's and crazy. Yeah, we made that alcohol-free punch, which was fun, that I posted on our page. And that it was neat. looks like it was out of a magazine. It was, Yeah, it was awesome. My mom found the recipe and wow. we threw it together. And my mom's a little Martha Stewart like that. So <laughs> <laughs> she always makes things look and taste good. <laughs> but it was cool because the kids could have it too, right? They yeah. think it's neat to have yeah. it out of like a fancy punch glass. And I love yeah, that. So it was kid friendly too. But yeah, it was really nice. Really nice. That's amazing. Any comments or anything like that from the drinkers that were there? The the fact that it was an alcohol-free event? No, no. But I've been to quite a few events over the holidays. I went to a couple work events. And for me, navigating that has been a little new because I'm at a new company too, right? So the previous company I was at, I was there when I stopped drinking. So a lot of people knew I was kind of going through that transition of making that decision for myself. Mm -hmm. So now I'm at a new company, everybody's just getting to know me. So the events I've been to, it's the automatic assumption is that you drank. So people are offering you a drink. So I've been in a lot of scenarios now I'm getting really good practice at saying no, I don't drink. I wanted to talk to you guys about and how you navigate this. And maybe it's different for you guys. Because even prior to not drinking, I had certain rule for this type of interaction with people I work with. I don't normally add people I work with to my social media. Mm -hmm. And this was even prior to not drinking or having a podcast. It has nothing to do with that. I just kind of try to keep business and pleasure separate. And because I do post a lot of personal stuff on my social media, I don't necessarily want people I work with always to know all these personal things about me, depending on what my relationship is with them. So I kind of try to keep those things separate. And then normally after I leave a company or if I've moved on and I'm friends with people, then I add them after the fact. So I had it happen to me at my last organization, a girl added me on social media as I was leaving. And she's like, Oh my God, you got a podcast. I didn't know that. That's so cool. You know, blah, blah, blah type of thing. And I was like, yeah, well, I don't tell people I work with typically about the podcast because to me, again, it's personal and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm actually super proud of it. It's like one of my most proud accomplishments. But it's more the fact that I think when you don't know people, there's always room for judgment. Mm. And in a workplace, it's a little bit different. So I do find if somebody asks me, I'm always open. I'm always going to give them an open, honest answer. I've had people ask me why I don't drink and I'll say, oh, I stopped drinking two years ago. I used to drink, blah, blah, blah. But I find it a little more difficult to navigate in a work setting. So just recently, I've become pretty friendly with one of my employees and we've built a pretty good relationship. So she went to add me on Instagram. And again, nobody I work with right now knows I have a podcast. I mean, it's not a secret. They could Google me at any time and they're going to see I have a podcast because that's one of the first things that pop up. But at the same time, it's just not something I've openly talked to anybody about there. So I didn't have a problem adding this particular person because I trust them and I'm building a friendship with them. But I wanted to kind of preemptively tell them, I do have a podcast and this is a bit about me. And instead of them just adding to my social media and going, oh, whoa, like, look at this type of thing. So I'm just curious if you guys have been under that situation and how you would deal with it. Well, Hmm. all of my social media is completely public. (laughs) Me too. Oh, okay. Right. So I don't even have to approve a follower on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Trace, I don't, and I haven't been in any sort of like corporate job for almost 20 years, right? self-employed and social selling. So I kind of made the decision to put everything out there. The only boundary I have, I would say is my kids. If my kids don't want me to post a picture of them, then I don't. I was pretty conscious of that when they were little and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I think I just have the mindset of like, I 
decided to make all of this completely public. You never know who you're going to reach. And maybe somebody would be too shy to add me as a friend, but then at least they can see everything on there, like where to find the podcast and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. See, my profiles are not public Mm -hmm. and I've always kept them private for Maddie's sake. Right. Yeah. Especially when she was younger. I do make sure that I'm kind of strict about who I add on there and not Mm -hmm. for that reason. I'm just more protective of her. I told this girl flat out, I'm not embarrassed of this. Mm -hmm. It's something I'm actually really proud of, but I just want you to know because it's not public knowledge here. So Mm -hmm. I'm telling you because I want you to understand where I'm coming from before you just see it on social media. And just to tell her too, that I wouldn't just add anybody on social media because I wouldn't, I wouldn't just add any of my employees, but I've established a relationship with her. So I'm comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. So I felt it important to have the conversation for that reason too. So she understands that I have added you, but I'm not going to go around adding everybody else we know here type of thing. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. that's really interesting. I don't even think about it. I just share the crap out of our podcast on my stories and on my Instagram. And like Kelly said, my accounts are open and they're public. So anybody like coworkers, and I'm friends with a lot of my coworkers on social media. So people can openly see that we have this podcast and I'm alcohol free. Sometimes I get questions. I get, mm-hmm. I've had questions from coworkers about like, hey, like, why don't you drink? And I've actually had group conversations. We'll kind of, you know, catch up with each other with coffee on a Monday morning and the topic will come up. And I'm really proud about it. I think if somebody has an issue with it, they can unfollow me. I am just super open and transparent with who I am and it's part of who I am. So yeah, I'm like, this is me. And if you don't like it, then don't follow me. Yeah. I'm not so much worried about that. It's more so, I guess, the fact that I think being new, being in a position of leadership, Mm -hmm. because I have a higher management role Mm -hmm. in my organization, that it's just more so there's other things that go with that that are a challenge as it is. <laughs> there's caution around the fact that people could use that against you, I guess. Yes. Somewhat well, of a concern. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. So I've been yeah. in a management position for almost my whole career. And I've definitely lost followers and people don't want to see some of the things that I post, but that's Mm -hmm. the choice. That's the choice that I've made, but I also can't be fired from my job. So yeah, (laughs) I I don't have a boss. Yeah. I I don't don't have a boss. I don't don't think you can be fired for having a podcast about being alcohol free. Like even if upper management or your supervisor found out about it, there's, yeah, there's no, Mm -hmm. that's a whole HR issue in itself. You know what I mean? Like no way. What would be the negatives about it? What are you worried about that the staff member, this employee of yours, like what's. I'm not worried about that employee at all I'm just saying just there's some people don't all have good intentions Mm -hmm. and there's some people that are super nosy that are gonna dig into everything and then if that person is on the wrong side of something one day you don't know how they're gonna utilize that information right Mm -hmm. I mean I think it's part of the position I'm in too you're already in a vulnerable position to be judged and to be held to a certain regard Mm-hmm. I would think you would be held in a higher regard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, absolutely. Yeah. This is a lifestyle that, like, if you were posting on Facebook about, and I see people do this, about all the drinking that you're doing and all the drugs that you're doing, like, that would be like, ooh, I don't want my <laughs> staff on here. I've seen coworkers yeah. posting their weekend pictures, and I'm like, I don't think that's a great idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. about that. But living alcohol free and being on your wellness journey, I think that's inspiring. Yeah. All yeah. your stuff is inspiring Tracy. all of it your food stuff like everything that you yeah 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 i don't see how anybody could find anything negative in that no no and again i don't feel that way just there has been hesitation just for the fact that 
unfortunately, I don't think everybody is made equal or sees things the same way. No. And I've already but had. You, very true. <laughs> you know. But, okay. This is the way I see this. So you're going to put something out there like a creative project, a work project. As long as you're in line with your own integrity, that's all that matters. Oh, that's so good. What other people perceive that to be is up to them. And you have zero control over any of that. So making the decision to put anything out in the world is you take the risk of being judged, right? There's always a risk of being judged. The only way to avoid that is to stay in a safe little bubble and not put anything out into the world. And Mm -hmm. that seems kind of boring to me. (laughs) I love the way you put that. You just worded that so perfectly. So good, Kelly. Yeah, that was good. Thanks, Kel. Yeah, I struggled with that though. I struggled with social media with my business because one of the big things for me was I didn't want to come across as somebody who was bragging because Mm -hmm. lifestyle posts are important in a business like I'm in, things like that. But it's always fear of judgment. It always goes back to fear of judgment. And guess what? People judge no matter what. Anyway, a lot of your friends that you've already let in and let them see that they're judging you anyway. True. Sorry. You're right. You're right. You're, you're very right. Well, thank you guess, for that yeah. tidbit. See, I just had to talk it out. Yeah. I and I think too, in a business like social selling, if you're going to lose customers because you're posting about being alcohol free, so be it. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you've got to align with who you are. And just like you said, stick with integrity. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and your people will find you and they'll support you and the ones that don't aren't your people anyways right so true very true there's a saying and it's you you can't make everybody happy you're not ice cream or pizza Mm -hmm. or pizza (laughs) (laughs) all right mike you got any input on that (laughs) i see you holding your the non-social media i see mike holding your mic fuck them all yeah, <laughs> that's me. That's just who I am. Uh, Plain and simple, uh, eh, Mike? Yeah. Well, I got off social media for a number of reasons, and mm-hmm. I have to have somebody do social media for my businesses. But so I'd be a liar to say if I don't see it. But it's all business, not personal. So right. I think probably in the beginning, I was still on Facebook. Mm-hmm. for a little while and I just I wouldn't go on there and see men are different so at least in my opinion I wouldn't go on there and announce my sobriety or anything like that for probably that exact reason and then you get labeled as oh you pussy oh this and all that and like men are brutal and mm-hmm. they're still brutal but I know how to take it with a grain of salt to this day and just water up a duck's back but that's mostly in-person engagement not Right. Remember, social media, it's it's permanent, really, right? Like, if somebody says something, you can't really erase it. So, Mm -hmm. like Lindsay and Kelly hit on, I don't think that it should be any bearing on how you live your life work-wise, because I don't think it has any bearing on what you do unless they have a strict policy of, you must be a drinker to work here. (laughs) (laughs) We don't like you. You're not adhering to it, because we do great benders on the weekends and but yeah, you're entitled to your privacy. I think that's also a part of it. So, hey. You- yeah, that's definitely a part of it. I oh, think in general, it. like I said, this isn't like a hard, fast rule I had just since I've been alcohol free or, or having the podcast. Right. This was a rule I always had in place for myself, even prior. Yeah. And so the interesting thing for me is, is like kind of a little bit hitting on that is that I never post anything. So when I met with, oh, hey, I heard your podcast and I was kind of like, what? What? Like, oh, mm-hmm. like, and I have to think, oh, well, Tracy must have posted something and that mutual friend saw it. In fact, I was at another 50th party. There was two, actually, another thing, but there's back to back. It was Friday and Saturday. And then on Saturday, a buddy of mine's like, yeah, I've downloaded your podcast. And I was like, what? amazing yeah and he's like yeah i've listened to it i listened to your episode and i was like i never in a million years would have thought (laughs) that i was like ah cool what did you think he goes it's good but i think too people are nice some people are just nice and who knows but and who knows that's the thing right it's out there 
And I think the whole point of this podcast and posting and whatever we do with our alcohol-free lifestyle, it's to to live our truth. And yeah, absolutely. what have we learned? My word of the year for 2023 is truth, because I see how much through our guests and through my own journey, how much not living your truth holds you back. And when you live out loud, you live your truth, you subconsciously liberate other people to live their own truth. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I said to my coworker is I said, I'm super proud of what we've done because I know we've reached people and we've helped people. For sure. And And you never know who's listening. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I guess, right? That's What's that? Like who's listening in your world and you who's get- listening i know yeah. it's so i love those moments though when i was telling you guys before we hit record that um my chiropractor so shout out to dr sam he listens to all our episodes and it's Woo-hoo! just like yeah and it's it just makes me feel so grateful and it's still shocking to me <laughs> like mike said it's like really you do so yeah the more we put ourselves out there the more people that are listening and you know, that person may not be struggling with alcohol themselves, but maybe they have a friend and then they can say, hey, listen to this podcast. You know, like the more it's out there, the more we could possibly help people. That just happened to me, actually. A friend of ours, you know, too, Kel from high school, Mm -hmm. just reached out to me about her cousin because her cousin must have recently went alcohol free. She had put a post on Facebook And so she told her about the podcast and is trying to connect us and Mm -hmm. said maybe she wants to come on and be a guest at some point and tell her story. But yeah, that was a friend of ours reaching out on behalf of their family, right? Really good. Yeah. 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 So what else is going on out there, Lindsay? Lindsay's going to tell us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't really have any stories about Christmas. I mean, I had an alcohol-free Christmas. Everybody knows that I am alcohol-free. So How was your Christmas Eve, Lens? It was great. Yeah. Alcohol-free. Um, my mom's like, yeah. Everybody was, was well-behaved over there. <laughs> everybody was so well-behaved and everybody left. I mean, we were all, I think, done by nine. Oh, for um, Santa. You were home in time for Santa. Nine. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, lots less drinking at my mom's than there used to be. That's for sure. And it's a really positive thing because now my sisters have kids. So they're there and they're like seven and under and they're super excited for Christmas. And I just can't imagine being wasted around them because Christmas is really just, I mean, a lot of people just use it as an excuse to binge drink, get wasted. And I'm like, it's not, no, stop doing that. But for me, it's the dating thing, right? Meeting people. I always get the question in some form or another, the why don't you drink? Do you think it's a fair question? Sorry, do you think that's a fair question? I'm not offended by it. Yeah. But I guess I could ask the other person, why do you drink? You know what I mean? I mean, do you think that if a guy's asking you, why don't you drink? Do you think mm-hmm. it's more related to, did you have a problem? Right. Yes, that's exactly what they're trying to get at. I think people are too afraid to be like, so were you an alcoholic? That's right. what people want to know when they ask you, so why don't you drink? They want to know the rock right. bottom. Yeah. Fair. That's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, that's... because if you're going to get into a relationship with somebody right. long term, you don't want it yep. to come out three years later. Oh, by the way, I'm recovering alcohol. alcohol. <laughs> yeah. When do you tell people this, Lindsay? When does it come up? And like, while you're oh, t- chatting or, or when you meet be... them? No, because it's, it's going to be chatting because mm-hmm. they're like, let's go for drinks, right? That's what they, that's what everybody defaults to. Like, can I take you out for a drink? And my answer is, well, no, because I don't drink. How about a coffee? In the chatting stage, somebody might be like, oh, you don't drink, question mark. And I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't align with my lifestyle. And I sort of feel the need to be like, I wasn't a physically dependent alcoholic, if that's what you need to know. But I usually don't say that. I'm just like, it really doesn't align with my lifestyle. I haven't had a drink in three years and I'm not going to change for anybody. And I feel like a lot of people are looking for a drinking buddy when they are 
selecting somebody to date. My recent experience with somebody was that this person that I went out with a couple times really liked whiskey. And I was like, that's cool. I'm not bothered by it. I don't care if you're a drinker. I don't care if you drink around me. It doesn't trigger me. It is what it is. We went out on a date. We went to this show and maybe we were at this place for two hours and he had six whiskey drinks and I had to drive his, his truck red flag, back, red flag. <laughs> right? When he kind of looked at me and was like, can you, are you going to drive? First of all, I'm thinking, what I'm thinking to myself is, wait, wait, you present- did he pick you up for this date? Like, no, he- no, he did okay. not. Right. Red flag. First of all, that's a red flag, right? So anyways, yeah, I had to drive his vehicle back. I actually had to drop his friends off as well in the vehicle because he picked them up. You know what I mean? I'd be like, see you later. Oh my gosh, there's my car. Bye. Yeah, I would have been like, I'm going to just take a cab back to wherever my car is and I'll see you later. But yeah, so ultimately we didn't end up continuing on. We chatted for a bit after that, but that was our last date. And when I think about it, I was like, I wasn't even sad because there was a lot of stuff there that when I look back, I'm like, oh, okay, well, he has a full like whiskey bar in his place, which is fine. But (laughs) I just think he really wanted a partner that was a drinker. And sometimes my, I guess, insecurities will creep up and I'll be like, oh, that's why I'm single because I don't drink or it's going to be more difficult for me to find a partner because I don't drink. But Mm -hmm. there are people that I connect with. It's not a match, but they're like, that's admirable that you don't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people ask you why you don't drink because Mm -hmm. they're astonished at the fact that people actually choose not to drink these days. Right. I think they're just curious, like, oh my gosh, you don't drink? How did you do that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Because they don't think it's possible. Yeah. A person reach out to me over the holidays after I posted my two-year anniversary. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh my God, you haven't drank for two years. They were actually sober for a couple of years because they had a couple of young kids and stopped drinking. But then I guess as their kids got older, they got back into drinking and yeah, that was kind of their reaction. Oh my God, you're not drinking. I can't mm. imagine my life without drinking right yeah. now. Right. So I think a lot of people ask for that reason mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I love your Did answer. I, I love that. I, I like Aww. your, I love, yeah, I love that answer. But I, I make it pretty clear not right away, but like if they ask what about my drinking, I don't think I could say, I don't care if you drink or not, I'm not triggered. I would say it depends what your relationship is with alcohol. Well, that's true. I definitely don't want somebody who abuses it, who binges and blacks out and is abusive and turns into a completely different person. That to me, I will not tolerate that. Well, and I said to you, I've been that person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No judgment to people who drink and people who want drinking buddies. Not at all. But I said to Lynn last night, I said, it's good that you figured it out on the second date because I was with somebody for four months. He was a boyfriend. And um, I remember that. He either wasn't honest with his drinking or Mm -hmm. he thought, oh, maybe I can change. Right. Because it didn't come up. But in the end, that's the reason why we broke up because he wanted a drinking buddy. And I mean, there's other reasons it wouldn't have continued, but he just really missed drinking and we would go away for a weekend and he would go home, like drop me off on Sunday night and go home and drink his face off because he missed it. So it's like, and he moderated you know, around you probably. He did drink around me, but not a lot. Would not be a lot. like so, one or two drinks strong. And drinks, he like wasn't being his true self, I guess. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Right? That's what I so, was say. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one yeah. day he will give up alcohol. Maybe he won't. It doesn't, it doesn't matter now. That was a long right. time ago. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. And that was sad when it ended because we had spent yes. four months together. So Hard. finding out on the second date is like way better. way better but no Lindsay when you said you have that insecurity like I've met so many people out there that don't drink sometimes I do sometimes that creeps into the back of my head and I'm like no like don't don't like that's not a thing but it's just such a common practice it's such a common dating thing sharing drinks with somebody sharing wine and I feel like it can put 
people off. But I, at this point, I'm so strong and aligned with who I am that I don't care. And if those people judge me or don't want to be with me because I am living an alcohol-free life, good, like good. They're not your person anyway. They're not my person. No. Which you know that deep down inside. For sure. Even when those insecurities creep in, you know that. For sure. Your worth is more than that. Oh yeah, yeah. 100%. You're not gonna, you're not gonna have to sacrifice that, Lindsay. Yeah, I know, exactly. I know you're yeah. sure. Hey, Linz, do you actively search for non-drinkers? No, like, there, no. There's no way no. to do that, or yes. You know what? I think maybe on some online dating apps, you probably could filter that. But if you can see people's location for alcohol and drugs, some apps will give you the ability to mark if you know never drink in moderation or like all the time. And also too, if somebody is holding a bottle of whiskey in their profile picture, yes. swipe left. Yeah. If, if it actually flag. says in your red flag, <laughs> if it says in your profile that you enjoy drinking every week, like, I don't know, some people, the way they word it, I'm like, oh, so you yeah. drink a lot. I'm just, I don't even swipe left. Yeah. 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 If you can see um, that it's a big part of their yeah. life, either by what they write or their pictures, then you know yeah. you're going to be a match. And again, no, no judgment. I was no there. Judgment. Yeah, no judgment. Yeah, no judgment. Until I was 43. But like, if you've got your shirt off in a picture and you're a sweaty mess and you're drinking out of the bottle, I'm not going to you know, you know, match with you. <laughs> but I have mine set to none on, under yeah, alcohol. Me too. So, and it's mm-hmm. funny because these people can see that and yet they still they don't. Look at your, they, your, they, they see your picture attention. and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, she's a gorgeous woman. Yeah. I don't care what any of that she's is. Not, like, they're not <laughs> looking at your drinking stats. No. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, looking at some that... other stats there. Yeah. <laughs> they're looking at some other goods, right? Yeah. Do you mention anything about it in your profile? Like saying, no. what I mean by that saying is, I'm not looking for a guy with a whiskey bar per se or something along those lines. But Maybe I, I should. Should I add that? What do you guys think? (laughs) I think I have had that once. I put something like, Mm. I don't drink alcohol and I don't mind if you do, but if that's important to you, then we won't be a match or something like that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's like nothing too thing. heavy just yeah his effect yeah yeah no I don't have anything in my profile I usually don't but and I will be honest for you and then you write Kelly yeah oh, okay <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on anything right now in like the alcohol category and it's funny though like that a dating app will have that an alcohol category do you drink well good thing though because otherwise you could be completely blindsided right but people also can lie you know like it's it's just like you can write anything you want there for sure like and the the part where it says do you want a relationship Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that part. The part where it says you're yes, 5'11". Five, five no, no. Five oh my God. And you Lindsay, tell and you're like, I I'm like, 5'11"? I'm 5'2", and I I don't think that you are Because she met somebody in person that was 5'8", and he said 5'11 on the app. Oh, really? That's a yeah. lot of guys, though. God, I met so many. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> Wow. Guys lie about their height oh. all the time. But you know what? It's the same guys that bitch about women using filters. That's mm-hmm. a whole thing too. I'm like, really? You're not 5'11". So, but it, that's the thing. It's like dating brings up all these insecurities or something. And it's not just in women. It's in men too. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, like, why are you going to, why, if you're starting out and your profile has a bunch of lies in it, I don't know. Do you believe you're 5'11 or is that, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Just be honest. I don't know. We always go back to dating talk. Yeah. Well, now we're going to get more serious because there was (laughs) things happening over the holidays. More recently, they had the new drinking guidelines. Yes. Who's they? Who's they? (laughs) World Health Organization. I don't know anything about this. So please. It says this. It was released. I can't remember. January 2023. So in January. It says no amount of alcohol is safe correct it's anything more than two drinks a week 
is greater risk. They have done research over the last decade because the last guidelines that were updated was 2011. Correct. And in the research that they've done, what they've discovered is one that alcohol is carcinogen. Carcinogen. A group A carcinogen, which is the same as asbestos. Radiation. um, Radiation. Mm -hmm. So it causes seven types of cancer. Uh, the two leading types are breast and colon, which I know Lindsay has spoken about the breast cancer related to wine. On average, there's 7,000 cancer deaths a year related to alcohol. And the risk is higher with every additional drink you drink a week, basically. And they're trying to create warning signs or they want warning signs and labels on bottles and cans like they do with cigarettes. And of be. course, they're getting major pushback from of course they are. Providers. It's coming. It's coming. I feel it. I think we're going to have them. Well, listen to this. Half of all alcohol attributable cancers in the World Health Organization in the European region are caused by light to moderate alcohol consumption. Half of all alcohol-related cancers. So the light and moderate drinking pattern is responsible for the majority of alcohol-attributable breast cancer in women. We're not talking heavy binge drinking. We're talking like a few drinks a week. Like this is the truth. This is all backed by research. So I think way to go, way to go. And people need to know the truth. It's very exciting that this is being put out there in the media now after Mm -hmm. it being so glamorized as we've talked about many times. And they were talking about too how the fact that wine has been toted as having health benefits is just basically fake news. Well, here's what I heard here. Before we move on, I just want to say this because I read this and it just popped in my head as you said your last statement there, Tracy. So let me get this correct. Saying that wine is healthy for you because it contains resveratrol is like saying poison soup is healthy for you because it has broccoli in it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Very good point. Good analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think you would eat poison soup with broccoli and be like, well, it's totally healthy for you because you're getting a serving of veggies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we have talked about this and I had mentioned the fact that once you learn this stuff, you can't unlearn it. I think all of us have probably really educated ourselves on the effects of alcohol since we quit drinking. I know mm-hmm. I have. And for me, I just said this a couple weeks ago, that if there was no other reason why I wouldn't drink again, it would be because I'm educated now on what it's actually doing to my body. Right. That is enough for me to never want to do it again, because I care about my health. (laughs) I like my brain and how it operates. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to deteriorate it by having drinks. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I've mentioned probably before is I listened to the Huberman Lab, the Huberman podcast, and he has a great episode that's all directly related to how alcohol affects your body and your mind. So I highly recommend that if this wasn't enough information for people out there. But Mm -hmm. what really shocked me about this was that a friend of mine actually posted this on their Facebook, which I was really happy to see because this friend isn't particularly someone that totes alcohol free or anything. And I know they used to drink and maybe they're not drinking as much anymore, but they put it on their Facebook page and said, just note to friends to read and educate yourself and and drink with caution, basically. And a whole debate ended up happening on their page. Mm, Do people get triggered because they don't want to give it up? Yeah, but then too, a woman posted it, I'm on a community page in my community, and it's a woman specific, and a woman posted on the community page asking people what they thought about this. And so many people were just basically, their attitude was like, I don't care, life's short, if I want to drink, and that's what makes me feel good, and blah, 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 and if that's my one treat a day is a glass or a bottle of wine, then that's what I'm going to do. And I was just like, wow. 
So do you think that's how they really feel? Or do you think that change is just feeling too hard for them? I, I honestly, I think that people just completely almost ignore it. They're not I used taking to. it seriously, right? I, I knew this. I knew that it caused cancer. I knew how bad it was for me. It had caused my gout and I still Mm -hmm. wasn't ready to give it up. So I get it. I get where they're coming from. But what I just say about truth that I knew the truth and it was eating away at me because I've always tried to live a healthy lifestyle and take care of my body when I knew I was destroying it deep down. But I would make comments like that for sure while I was drinking. It would piss me off before I quit drinking. I would just get so triggered. I would almost feel like, oh, do you think you're better than me? Or Mm -hmm. just, I would have that same life is short mentality. But if you logically think about it, if you're saying life is short, you're consuming a substance that's going to make it even shorter. Yeah. And <laughs> if you not, have kids and you have like things you want to do in your it life. It doesn't make like, sense like no. at all. And I think change is really difficult. Especially if it's a coping mechanism and they don't For know sure. any other coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's their source of numbing out mm-hmm. and people associate it with being fun, but it just doesn't make sense. We always use the YOLO or the life is no, short. My kids say that nobody says that anymore. We are cool, okay, Kelly? <laughs> but we use those terms to justify I bad know. habits I do. <laughs> and bad behaviors. Like, oh, YOLO, I'm going to go spend the money I don't have. Life is short, I'm going to have the cigarettes. Life is short, I'm going to drink the, the the alcohol on a weeknight and have 17 mimosas at brunch. But when mm-hmm. you think about it, how are you functioning? It's causing you stress and anxiety in the future. You might be YOLOing now, but tomorrow <laughs> you're going to you're gonna be like, what the hell did I do? With the hangover and everything. I, I know I was that person. I know, and maybe not mm-hmm. every per- single person that's abusing alcohol feels this way, but I know what it's like to be that like, oh, you only live once. I'm just going to freaking get, I'm going to get another bottle of wine open yeah. here. And in the moment. It's a, it's like this persona and this fun thing, but yeah, day to day, that truth ate away at me until I couldn't freaking stand myself anymore. Well, I mean, I don't know, maybe they just haven't had that experience or they haven't got to that point yet. Right. But it's in there. They have the information now. So now now carry on with your life and make those choices when deep down, you know, this could be causing severe problems for your future i didn't hear what you said there mike what was what did i say i don't sorry i was on a rant (laughs) Ooh, we're ranty today i am this stuff fires me up but i always try and take a step back and remember wait that was me that was me yeah that was me too so oh i know what i said it was maybe they're not there yet right yeah but it's in there the seed is planted the voice, the voice, the, the voice, voice, the mm-hmm. intuition, the voice, the truth, the knowing, whatever you want to call it. It's always, it, and it'll get louder and louder and louder. Like I said in my post, when I posted it on our page there, was that once you learn this information and you've been alcohol free, you want to share it with people. Mm-hmm. But you also feel that urge to hold back because you don't want to seem like you're judging like or that you're trying to preach either but it's like you have this knowledge and you just want to shout it to the rooftops Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you want everybody to know and also to realize that when you get on the other side of it how great it is and how great you feel yeah because people when they're not having that experience and they're stuck in the rut of it numbing yourself to everything puts you in a state of denial as well And maybe that's what's going on with some of these people. Yeah. Another thing I think is interesting is that I saw a clip on one of the sober social medias I follow, and it was a clip of Jamie Lee Curtis. I think Lindsay's shaking her head because she probably saw this clip, but she had a history in her family of alcoholism. And she was saying how she stopped the cycle and that that will be her legacy. And Mm -hmm. that's how I feel. Like I totally resonated with that because if that's my legacy, I'm okay with that. 
because that's how I feel my alcohol-free journey kind of turned into me stopping that cycle within my own family. And I think people have to ask themselves, what do they want their legacy or their life to be? Just the fact that you guys had your alcohol-free Christmas trace when we know that you're, you know, you've shared lots of your family history on the podcast here. Like that just makes me want to cry. It Mm -hmm. makes me so happy for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. That's why you get so passionate about it. Just like you are right now, Kel, Mm -hmm. because you're on the other side of it and you just want people to understand because it is scary. It's scary. It's scary. The unknown. The unknown is scary. Until you're on the other side of it, I was shit scared. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to have anything to do. I'm going to be bored. No one's going to want to hang out with me. How am I going to cope? What am I going to do? And what am I going to drink when I watch Netflix? Just all these All of it because it becomes part of everything. And even after I quit, I've said this on here before, but even after I quit, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be any good. I'm not convinced. (laughs) I'm not convinced this is going to be fun, but uh, I can't stay on myself anymore and other people have done it so let's just give it a shot yeah yeah you don't really know until you're on the other side kind of in a unique position because we've lived both ways do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. somebody who's contemplating like I don't think I can do this I don't know if I want to do this Maybe they've given up alcohol for dry January, dry February. I mean like myself six months was the longest I went but I was like meh you just You don't really know, and it can suck at first and be hard, but Mm -hmm. when you're really on the other side, you're, it's just like something just clicks. Yeah. Your brain, your heart, like everything in you is like, oh my God. Like, and I don't believe for one second people, I see this all the time. People are telling me about their ailments or they're posting about how they aren't feeling well, but you see them posting that they're drinking wine on the weekend. And I'm like, Hello, can I just start by telling you something really simple? You got to cut out the booze. You don't think those two things are related? Right. Or people like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Linz, what are you doing? You look really good. Well, let me tell you, step one, cut out the alcohol. Oh, nothing ages you like alcohol. Nothing ages you like alcohol. Stop drinking. I don't care if you're only drinking on the weekend. Your body cannot process toxins and anything else just from the foods we eat, our environment, if it's busy processing alcohol out of your system, your body mm-hmm. is not made to process poison like that. It's so hard on your liver and all of your organs or people with like, oh, I just got diagnosed with diabetes and high blood pressure, but they're drinking. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish but, that you could. And doctors that. don't tell people that. Mm, very like true. seeing medical doctors, they're not being told mm. you should really stop drinking. No, mm-hmm. they're still told. And maybe this will change with this new information that's out. Mm-hmm. No, Mike says no, <laughs> but they just, they, well, the cycle is, and I know because I was in it like they ask you how much you drink, you lie. And then they say like, oh, just try and moderate or cut back. Mm-hmm. Well, they know you lie. Cause I think doctors are actually, <laughs> when they ask you how many drinks a week you have, I think they add like 10, you know, or something <laughs> or four or whatever. Like, you if know, they were smart. They should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever been honest with a doctor when my doctor was like, wow, how never drinking yeah. like my wet, when my weight went up by 30 pounds, but like, they're not telling people to quit drinking. They're telling people no. to cut, cut back. If it seems like a lot. And they're yeah. writing prescriptions. So man, do not get me started. Like <laughs> that's a whole can of worms. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish that I had commented on the one page because of exactly what you said, how we're coming from a unique perspective, being on mm-hmm. both sides of it. I kind of regret it after the fact. It felt like there was an opportunity there for me to speak from both sides. Mm-hmm. And to potentially give someone the opportunity to consider a change. Well, and that's the thing I think we can do, you know, like Trace, how you were just saying, you could become preachy and all of that. I think all we can do is just speak our truth from our own experience. Mm -hmm. And then they have that information. They can do what they want with that. So, yeah. 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 Either way, I think it's all good. We've said too before, what did we say? We called alcohol turning into cigarettes, right? Isn't this kind of what's happening? That is, I think, give it two more decades, 20 years and alcohol, 
like your time is limited, it will be like cigarettes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then I think meals, they're actually the ones that aren't drinking as much or something anymore. It's people that I find that are my age, like 40s, 30s, that are 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, I think that are drinking, but I don't know. Kids mm-hmm. in their 20s aren't going out no. and getting nope. shit-faced. And... No, my 18-year-old I mean, they, doesn't, they doesn't are, drink at all. But, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's not such a bad thing to not mm-hmm. drink anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's being s- talked about more. My almost 17-year-old is not interested. And then the almost 27-year-old did go through, I think, the partying stage, but he will go out mm-hmm. to the bar and things like that mm-hmm. every once in a while but doesn't want to, he struggles with hangovers. I'm like, my God, if you're struggling now at 26, like, wait till you get to 40. (laughs) But no, he's not a big drinker. I know I mentioned this to you guys, but I'm not sure I spoke about it on the podcast, but my nephew and his girlfriend who are in university listen to every one of our episodes and they talked to me and I think it made them really conscious actually of the binge drinking that goes on Mm. in university. And I thought it was really cool to have conversations with them about it and get their perspective. Again, it just kind of gave them something else to think about. And they really saw it from a different perspective. So I thought it was really cool that at their age and their stage of life that they were listening and paying attention. I know a big part of it was to support me, but they were taking stuff from it. Yes. Right? Yeah. And having these type of conversations about binge drinking and stuff. So I thought that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's bringing awareness. That's what I hope we're doing Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's really good. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for some upcoming episodes. We have some of our listeners as some of our guests. I know we have a big lineup of guests. We have six guests we have to look forward to. And I'm sure we'll have some hot topics to talk about. But for sure, yeah, it's very exciting. It's so nice to be back and mm-hmm. see you guys. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was okay. so Whoever is listening, if there's any topics, if there's any topics that you want to hear us talk about, we love that kind of feedback for sure. Yeah, Kel, go ahead and wrap up if you want. Tell them how to find us and where to give the feedback. Oh, well, we're on Instagram at Laugh Life Podcast. There's a link in the show notes to a Facebook community where we share our Instagram accounts are linked in there and our email address. So reach out, give us a review, share with your friends. Thank you. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye, guys. Until next time. Keep laughing. Laughing. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please give us a five-star rating, like and subscribe, share on social media, and tell your friends. We love getting your feedback and ideas of what you'd like to hear on upcoming episodes of the Laugh Life podcast. If you yourself are living alcohol-free and want to share your story here, please reach out.